I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate it. What is this? The uh, first Lakers talk shows begin to August. We're getting kind of closer here, Laker fans. I know the NFL, we got everything else coming up before uh, the NBA gets started. Um, but uh, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Uh, another fantastic open from Mario Ruiz. We got a lot to get into. Jovan Buha, the athletic, who's done such a fantastic job covering the Lakers um, this entire uh, this entire offseason. He's going to join me in about a half hour, uh, right at 7.30. And here are a few of the uh, topics I want to get into. The extension... Coming up for LeBron James, that's coming up here in just a few days. Uh, Russell Westbrook signs with a different agent. There's some kind of interesting stories behind that that I think could apply to, obviously, the Lakers situation. Uh, Would Russ come off the bench? That's a story that's kind of coming up if the Lakers do eventually start the season next year with Russ. Would he uh, would be cool with coming off the bench? I got some thoughts on that specifically. And then how bad was last year's offseason? Dave McMenamin had a story that I certainly want to get into that talks about the free agents that the Lakers signed last year who are still available in the market. So a lot to get into. Um, LeBron's extension is coming up. I want to kind of break this down for everybody because uh, for those who don't know, there's a date that has been hovering around the Lakers now for a little bit. And we all knew that it's eventually going to come. LeBron James could sign a, he's eligible to sign a contract extension with the Lakers this upcoming Thursday. So that's August 4th. Um, It would, it could be a one-year extension worth $47 million or a two-year extension worth $97 million. Right now, if LeBron did not sign that extension, and let's just say hypothetically the season he played out the season. He could become an unrestricted free agent by the by the end of this year. Uh, this is the final year of his contract if he does not sign an extension. Um, obviously, uh, 37 years old. A lot of options for LeBron James and a lot of options for the Lakers. And uh, I want to kind of start off with this. What does LeBron do? And I'm going to give my, my, um, my opinion of the situation of the Lakers and how Braun potentially perceives the front office and the situation that the Lakers are in. Is he happy with where the Lakers are sitting right now? Well, I'll tell you this. Let me just kind of go back to the history of the Lakers here since LeBron James became a Laker. And has it been perfect? It has not. Remember the first year LeBron came to the Lakers. He signs in the offseason. Magic meets him on July 1st or whatever, right when free agency starts. And uh, eventually he decides to choose the Lakers and leaves Cleveland and the Lakers journey starts with LeBron and all these young players. And I remember vividly the game on Christmas against the Golden State Warriors up in the Bay Area. LeBron tweaks something. And the question of the Lakers making the playoffs and potentially making a little bit of noise just wasn't going to happen that first year. Aside from the talent, all the young players that the Lakers had, you got to have a healthy LeBron James, and that didn't happen. So um, the first year was, I don't want to call it a waste, but it was, you know, obviously Lakers didn't make the playoffs, and there wasn't much from there. Offseason comes, Palenka trades, all the young assets that the Lakers have, and LeBron James gets exactly what he wants, which is Anthony Davis come play for the Lakers, and we know what happens after that. They end up winning an NBA championship. Yes, it's a COVID year. They win the championship out in Orlando, um, and the Lakers make some offseason moves, and uh, again, this time it's Anthony Davis that gets injured. They get eliminated in the first round against the Phoenix Suns, and then last year happened where they trade for Russ. There were a lot of rumors and conversation out there that Braun was obviously a big proponent of the Lakers trading for Russell Westbrook. And it's a disaster season. It's a disaster that the Lakers end up 16 games below 500. It's a disaster season because Anthony Davis uh, doesn't play half of the year. It's a disastrous season because a lot of the offseason moves that the Lakers made with signing a lot of veterans, just nothing panned out for the Lakers. And it was 
I think for most people, whether you were a fan of picking up Russell Westbrook or you were not, no one would have predicted that it was this bad. No one would have predicted that the Lakers would have that bad of a year. And then here we sit today. So when I asked the question of, is LeBron James, do we think he's happy with the current situation with the Lakers, his tenure with the Lakers, I feel like that the front office and LeBron have been on the same page pretty much the entire time that he's been here. That doesn't mean that every decision has been the right decision, but I feel, and I've heard Rob Palenka say this a number of different times, that there is a collective effort. They are collaborating with guys like LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the front offices, when they are making big-time decisions. And I, I think that's actually a smart way of doing business. You're probably not going to collaborate with um, players deeper into your roster that you don't feel obviously hold as much weight or uh, hold as much value. But LeBron James, that's a different story. Clutch Sports has been obviously a big part of the Lakers um, as far as uh, bringing clients over. And it feels like the two... They certainly make decisions together. It has not been, hey, we're going to do our thing. You just you just play basketball. With that being said, I bring all this up as a little bit of a backstory because LeBron's got a decision to make. The Lakers have a decision to make. And I don't know how much that decision is going to weigh on what the Lakers do with Russ. And I don't know how much of that decision is going to weigh on if the Lakers decide, hey, we're going to give up our 2027 first-round pick and our 2029 first-round pick. I don't know how much LeBron is weighing his future decision on decisions like that. I don't. What I will say is I'm pretty sure LeBron James has the best interest of, well, how can I maximize the remaining years of my professional career? Because at some point, as great as LeBron James has been, he is still walking into a stage of his career where I feel like for the last three years we've been saying, well, the guy's going to slow down, right? And the answer is no, he has not slowed down. That doesn't mean that there, there aren't areas of his game or aspects of his game that is the exact same when he was in the prime of his career. But for the most part, LeBron James has still been LeBron James. Um, I, I, I thought this was interesting. And I've mentioned this name a, a couple different times. Mark Stein, who um, publishes a lot, of his, a lot of his work on Substack. There was a quote that I want to read from one of his last uh, articles that Mark Stein put out. He said, as it stands, barring a trade to ship out Westbrook suddenly um, after weeks of fruitless talks, Ham is going to have coach West is going to have to coach Westbrook, which is bound to be a challenging in the extreme, given that Westbrook is well aware that the Lakers have been trying hard to move him and that James, LeBron James, badly wants Irving to take his place. I've always kind of talked about this, and I've mentioned this a few times on Lakers Talk as well, how much a fan I am of players who hold their front offices, um, they hold them accountable. They, in a sense, hostage is not the right word, but they put the front office in a position where, hey, if we want a guy like LeBron James to sign a two-year extension with the Lakers, then we have to go make this move because we cannot risk LeBron James potentially walking away at the end of this upcoming season. I'm just using that as an example. But Bron has been very, very good, and he's not the only player in the NBA that, have, that has done this, and he's not the only player in sports that's held the front office or the team that um, – that uh, that individual signed with, he's held them accountable. I want to compete for a championship. And I'm a good enough, powerful enough player that if you want me to stay on this team and you want me to stay here on a long term, show me that you have winning as a top priority for this for this organization. LeBron used to do this in Cleveland, uh, would always sign those one-plus-one deals. And I'm not sure what LeBron's going to do in this situation, and I'm not sure if LeBron James is having conversations with the front office like, hey, I'm, I'm okay with signing a two-year extension to stay with the Lakers beyond this season, uh, or maybe it's a one-year deal. I don't know what it is, but I'm okay with doing that as long as you make sure to do this. And maybe that this is make sure Russ eventually gets traded. Make sure Kyrie, some shape, way, or form, gets on this team. Make sure that those two first-rounders are not the difference of us walking into training camp with a team that we feel confident with, at least taking our chances with a healthy Anthony Davis, LeBron playing X amount of games, and whatever trade comes for Russ. Make sure that those draft picks are not the difference of us competing for a championship. 
Um, that's the only thing that I could think of of LeBron potentially having some hesitation on signing an extension and the Lakers offering extension and everything else. But I'm going to go back to kind of how I started with the show. I don't think the front office of the Lakers has given any indication to LeBron that they're not all in. I don't think the front office has given any indication to LeBron James that they're What's in their best interest is also going to be in the best interest of LeBron James, which is winning. Uh, Listen, that's what comes with the territory of this franchise. That's what comes with the fan base. That's what comes with uh, the perception of the Los Angeles Lakers. You are only the brand you are because winning is the top of your priority. So it's going to be an interesting, you know, couple of days. It's not like, well, if August 4th rolls around and Braun doesn't sign his extension, Laker fans should worry or this isn't going to happen. No, that, that's not how, you know, this scenario works for the Lakers. He can sign it August 8th. He can sign it August 15th. There's not a – he just – the earliest he can sign that contract extension with the Lakers is on August 4th. And whether that's a one-year deal or a two-year deal, whether it's for the, the max amount of money – that Bron can make, which would be uh, $97 million, or maybe it's less amount. I, I have no idea what happens from there, but I, I find it fascinating for the mere fact that um, a trade has not gone down for the Lakers this offseason. Russ is still on this team. We've been talking about Russ for the last couple of months and different type of trade scenarios. Last week, I think I was uh, spent a little time talking about here's what the Utah Jazz trades could look like. Here's what a trade with the Indiana Pacers or the New York Knicks or any of these potential teams that are willing to take Russ in and what type of draft compensation is going to go out. That, to me, is what I find most interesting when it comes to this predicament with um, with LeBron and, uh, and the Lakers and this August 4th date that's looming. Um, over the weekend, we saw an article that uh, Woj actually put this out, I think probably within the last day or so, that Russ has signed with agent Jeff Schwartz of Excel Sports for his representation, Westbrook told ESPN on Monday afternoon. So I, I didn't really think much of this. I mean, the bigger story for me is when his previous agent decided to put out a basically a letter indicating that he thinks it's in Russ's best interest to stay with the Lakers and try to work it out with a new head coach and um, really just putting out a lot of details, which did not seem normal to me. But that marriage after 14 years, Russ and his agent parting ways. So Walsh put out this tweet yesterday, basically, like I said, that Russ has picked a new agent. It's Jeff Swartz of Excel Sports. I thought this was interesting. Um, Pickup Hoop put out a tweet earlier today. Jeff Swartz has a history of big money buyouts. And he listed these names, uh, Darren Williams, back in the days, um, if you guys remember, played for the Utah Jazz, he played for the Nets, played with a few different teams. Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, Andre Drummond, Kemba Walker. All of these are names of players represented by Jeff Schwartz who had big money buyouts. And listen, Laker fans, I, I think we'd all be surprised if Russ ends up on some kind of roster, some kind of team that isn't looking to potentially buy him out. And really the only reason why they want to make a deal with the Lakers for Russ, especially a team like the Indiana Pacers or a team like the Utah Jazz, teams that are trying to basically rebuild and start over, their interest is not the skill set of Russ. Their interest is Russ has a expiring contract that they want to take advantage of and they feel that the Lakers might be in a desperate situation that they have to give up draft compensation in order to um, get Russ off their books or to get Russ, not even get Russ off the books in the Lakers position. Not only the Lakers want to get Russ off their books, but they want to get players that they feel like fit better with this team. And there has not really been a scenario right now so far with Russ where you feel like you're going to walk into next season and something's going to change. I don't think anything's going to change. I think what we got last year probably is not that much different. Now, Anthony Davis is going to have a lot to do with it, but Russ's role I don't think is going to change all that much. So this is to kind of pair with that agent, and that agent has a history of finding these big money buyouts, Darren Williams, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, Andre Drummond, and Kemba Walker, makes me think that, okay, the future, and it doesn't mean that Russ is going to go anywhere tomorrow, but at some point, 
with the Lakers or with another team, he could probably expect that a team that takes on his contract will eventually buy him out. I thought that portion was interesting. Um, so one of the guests I got coming up here in uh, a few minutes is going to be Yovan Buha. Uh, writes, covers the Lakers for the Athletic. I, I want to, uh, and he'll come up here in just a, a little bit, but he had an article a few days ago talking about um, Russ potentially moving to the bench. And I want to kind of throw this out there, that would Russ be okay with coming off the bench if he was on this Lakers roster come end of September or early October when Lakers start training camp and they start preseason basketball. I want to do that coming up next. Plus, um, just how bad was the Lakers offseason? Once I kind of go through this article and I break down all the different names that the Lakers signed last year that don't currently have a spot right now that they're playing on with a team in the NBA, I, I'm gonna. it's really fascinating to me. We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, thank you again for being a part of Lakers Talk. Uh, Jovan Buha coming up here in about uh, 10 minutes or so. Um, I want to hit on something. So I was kind of teasing this a little bit. There was uh, an article, and I'll definitely ask Jovan about this when uh, when he comes on. But the conversation, will will Russell Westbrook uh, move to the bench or would he come off the bench? There's some rumors that Lakers are looking for, as far as a starter goes, a three-point shooter. So Jovan had said, looking on um, to start whichever wing guard can make threes and defend at the point of attack at the highest level on the roster. So let, let me just kind of let me go through this real quick. Some of Russ's flaws from last year was obviously his shooting. Shot under 30% from three. Um, just wasn't a guy that you could depend on to hit outside jumpers. Also wasn't a guy that to depend on to uh, play some defense and um, certainly I, I think there's stages of Russ's career where he's more dependent on the defensive side. I thought last year, 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing your relationships, your skills, your customer base? How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in present select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, there were too many instances, not just him, entire Laker roster, including LeBron James, where defense didn't seem like much of a priority. If Russ is on this team by the time we get to training camp and Russ is on the squad by the time you get to preseason, I've always had a difficult time with this notion of, well, well no, no, you have to start Russ. You have to start him because he's making $47 million. No, no, no. You have to start Russ because he's a Hall of Famer. And you know what? He's not going to be okay with coming off the bench. He doesn't feel like at this stage of his career that he still can't be an asset. And um, that's just a, that's a big-time name. What do you mean you're going to bring Russ off the bench? I've always kind of found that, and especially now coming into this season, I've always found that, all right, maybe last year you didn't want to do it. Vogel didn't want to do it um, specifically because you want to make sure that you got his buy-in and everything, whatever excuse that you want to come up with. I really wasn't buying it last year either, and I'm definitely not buying it this upcoming season if Russ is still on the uh, on the Lakers roster. I don't think anybody should be handed anything, and I don't care what your name is, and I don't care how much money that you've made in your career, how much money you're making this upcoming season. Um, the Lakers are in a position where I really, really, really don't believe if your name's not LeBron James or Anthony Davis, you really have any strength to call any shots, or you have any pool to call um, to, to demand this from your head coach or demand this from the front office, and that includes Russ. 
Russ did not have the type of season, nor I think his this stage of his of his career, plus what his skill set lacks in today's game, um, should he have to uh, demand or the Lakers should feel like they have to start Russell Westbrook. I, I've I've never fallen privy to that, and I certainly don't at this point. I, this is what I remember from last year. I remember teams backing up five feet, seven feet from Russ so he can get baited into shooting a jumper. Russ would shoot that jumper. I remember Russ going 50 miles an hour on a fast break, jumping in the middle of the air without making a decision, and then turning the ball over. I remember that a lot from last season. And I think this upcoming year, if there's one thing, this concept of having a good 3 and D guy, having a young player that's also playing defense, somebody that's actually a threat, to to hit a outside jumper, man. Every time I hear that, I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, it sounds like you should be putting guys in the game, especially to start off with, that you feel like makes the most sense. And I'm not talking the best five players on the floor. I'm talking the five players that complement each other the best. And if Russ still is on the roster, maybe there is an advantage of bringing bringing Russ off the bench that he can be more of that primary ball handler. Maybe he could be a little bit more of something that he's been in the past because watching that with LeBron and Anthony Davis, specifically with LeBron, it never felt like it made sense and it never felt like it was the smart idea for the Lakers. I'm looking forward to having that conversation with Yovan um, a little bit later in the show because I'm I'm 100% on the hey if you don't have to start Le- or if you don't have to start uh, Russ because it just doesn't make sense, then do it. Now if Darvin Ham comes in as a coach of the Lakers and is saying, no, no, of course we're going to start Russ. I know how to use him. I want to have him in the starting lineup. I need to have him in the starting lineup, and here are the reasons why. Then that's your head coach, and you kind of follow his lead. But to just assume that he has a starting role, that I, I, just, I, I cannot tell you how much that bothers me when I hear that, that because of what somebody has done in the past or because of the amount of money that they're currently making, they should be a starter. Uh, if I had hair, I'd pull my hair out, out of the top of my head. I just don't have any to pull. Um, but that one always, always throws me off, and we'll see if the Lakers run into that situation a little bit later. So on the front of ESPN right now, there's an article from Dave McMenamin. And let me read to you what the front says. It says the veteran X or the 10 veteran X Lakers from the 2021-2022 still looking for work this offseason. This is crazy to me, Laker fans. I guess it shouldn't be that crazy after the way that season ended up uh, for the Lakers. We know what they did this offseason. Nothing crazy. But they went out and got Lonnie Walker the fourth, who's 23 years old. They went out and got Troy Brown Jr., who's 23 years old. They went out and got Thomas Bryant, who's 25 years old. Damian Joseph is uh, 27. Juan Toscano Anderson is 29. Out of those five players that I mentioned, none of them are over the age of 30. Juan Toscano Anderson is the oldest one at age 29, still considered young in the NBA, technically right in the prime of your career. So why is that important? Because this article goes into all the players that the Lakers signed last year. All the players. I'm going to go down the list here. All the players that the Lakers signed last year. And and listen, I... I will say this, that when they signed Carmelo and Dwight Howard and Rajon Rondo, go down the list of all the veterans that they signed. I'll do that in just a second. Um, Yeah, I knew they were old, but in my mind, I kind of thought of, all right, well, how much are you really going to ask these guys to do? Are you going to ask Carmelo to play 30 minutes a game? No, he's going to come in off the bench, give you 15 minutes. DeAndre Jordan, grab a few rebounds, block a couple of shots. Dwight Howard, the same thing. So last season... Compared to this year, 10 of those guys that the Lakers have signed last season compared to this year, again, just the one year change are still not on a roster. Carmelo Anthony's 38 years old. He's not on a roster right now. Dwight Howard, 36. We saw a couple days ago uh, talking about he might want to join the WWE if he can't get on an NBA roster. Maybe that's later on in his career or maybe it's right now. Avery Bradley, not on a roster. Kent Bazemore, DJ Augustine, 
Wayne Ellington, Rajan Rondo, Trevor Ariza, Darren Collison, Isaiah Thomas, if you remember at one point Isaiah Thomas on the Lakers roster. Uh, Ten guys right there. Ten veteran ex-Lakers from the 2021-2022 season still looking for work this offseason. That's a trip. That really is. That kind of put a lot of stuff in perspective for me, um, just kind of showing how many mistakes that the Lakers made last offseason. And now you could sit back and say, oh, well, it wasn't just that. And if AD doesn't play 65, 70 games and you have no chance otherwise, which, by the way, you're not wrong there. But damn, does it feel like every move that the Lakers made last year just did not go as planned and did not go well. And obviously this is another example of it. And I'm not here to tell you that, Lonnie Walker is going to be perfect or Juan Toscano Anderson or Thomas Bynum or any of these guys that they brought in. But I think that just kind of shows how important that the front office is valuing the youth over the vets. Cause remember they still got Austin Reeves and Wenyan Gabriel and Stanley Johnson. And there are a lot of other players that are on this Lakers roster that are young and these guys to kind of go with, and I think this is going to be a big part of this upcoming season for the Lakers. You want youth. You want guys running up and down the floor. You want guys listening to you. You want guys giving the effort that you're hoping for. I think Darvin Ham's going to have that connection with some of these younger players. They will respect whatever he says because they're trying to make a name for themselves in the league. And that's not to say that some of those vets last year did not have the same intention but it's different being a 14-year vet and asking to grind the way a guy that's not 100% sure if he's going to be in the league in two or three years from now or is battling for that next contract like Malik Monk and got that two years, $19 million deal uh, that he eventually got with the Sacramento Kings. So I, I think it just shows how different the game plan was from last offseason to this offseason and seeing all those players listed down there that's crazy to me. That's that that really really is uh, fascinating to me. Now, by the time the season starts, you know Carmelo could end up on a team. Dwight Howard could end up on a team. Who knows? Maybe uh, Avery Bradley or Wayne Ellington. I mean, all these guys that I named off, they could very easily potentially end up on a team. But to see that many guys that were all a part of the Lakers team last year at some point still not on a roster, I think, is such a huge indication of just how wrong and how many things went wrong last season, uh, and I'm sure a lot of teams notice that. Okay, um, Jovan Buha, who comes on pretty frequently with us on uh, Lakers Talk, always appreciate his analysis of the Lakers. Uh, he's coming up next. Uh, I got a lot of things I want to get in, uh, get into with him. I, I'm curious to kind of see his thoughts on what happens here with this August 4th, the first day of the extension for LeBron James um, what he thinks happens, how he thinks things plays out. Does LeBron hesitate because the Lakers still have Russ on that roster and how much pressure can he put on the Lakers to potentially shop those picks that they're holding on to in order to try to improve the roster for the immediate future and worrying less about obviously, um, what the future is down the road. We'll do all that coming up next Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers talk. On 710 ESPN. Okay, things are heating up at Harris Resort SoCal, the best resort in Funner, California, has teamed up with Hell's Kitchen to open the largest restaurant location in the country. Expect all the fire and ice you've come to love from this powerhouse in the culinary world. This hot new Hell's Kitchen lo uh, location is opening up this summer. Are you fired up? Some information about Harris Resort SoCal. So uh, it's fantastic. Two hours away from downtown L.A., Travis and I, actually, Travis and Sliwa Show, we're going to be there a week from this Friday with some listeners. Can't wait for that. Um, it is a perfect way to get out of Los Angeles without having to worry about getting on a flight, playing, paying these crazy prices to fly uh, really anywhere in the state of California or the, some of the surrounding states as well. It's just super, super expensive. You don't have to do that. Harris SoCal's got a resort. They got a spa. They got beautiful restaurants. They got fantastic bars. They got awesome pools, including a lazy river. You can do all this at Harris Resort. But the first step is visiting harrissocal.com. Again, that's harrissocal.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, 
poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. Want to welcome in a frequent guest of the show, Yovan Buha. Covers the Lakers for the Athletic, taking some time. Um, Yovan, it's kind of funny because there hasn't really been a break this offseason, and there really hasn't been that much that's happened. So I think we're all, we've all <laughs> waited in anticipation that something was going to go down, but that has not been the case. Um, there is uh, an important date coming up here, so... August fourth, this Thursday, it, it will be the uh, LeBron will be eligible to sign a contract extension with the Lakers this upcoming Thursday. Um, I'm just curious to get your thoughts here. Not not to, I, I, maybe it happens August fourth. Maybe it doesn't happen until after. Maybe it, LeBron just kind of hangs on and says, "Let me just wait a second here before I do anything." What do you expect to happen here as far as this contract extension goes? Do you feel there would be any type of reasoning? that LeBron does not sign an extension or that the Lakers wouldn't offer an extension? Just your thoughts on this upcoming date. Yeah, well, I think that the Lakers are going to offer him an extension. I think that would be the wise move on their part. I think from LeBron's part, it's really going to be telling. uh, To me, if he doesn't sign the extension, it's more of that's like his loan leverage over the Lakers currently where he can apply some pressure and say, I'm not going to commit long-term or, you know, an additional year, additional two years until you guys make a trade for Kyrie Irving or for Buddy Heald or just upgrade this roster. Because as we've discussed, I I think currently this roster is looking like a lower tier playoff team as constructed. So I think if, if you're LeBron, you know, maybe you can twist the arm a little bit with, Hey, you know, I'm I'm in evaluation mode. I'm in wait and see mode until after the season, and I, I want to judge how this season goes uh, be, before I commit longer term. Um, now, if he does commit long term, then I think you know potentially that's that's a sign of confidence in the Lakers' ability to get a deal done, you know, before training camp or at some point this season, or it's also a sign that LeBron is just happy in LA and, and committed to being with the Lakers regardless of uh, the roster construction, regardless of how competitive they are. And he just, you know, he's, his family's out here now for several years. Uh, he, he has all his off-court stuff that he's doing. So um, I think it can go either way. I, I really wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, if I had to guess, I would say he probably doesn't sign the extension uh, j- just because I, I think for now it is going to be more of a leverage thing where he's applying some pressure to get the Lakers to make a deal. But if he did, I, I wouldn't be surprised just because I, I think it, it makes sense. There isn't really another team out there that I feel like he would, you know, like, I, I don't know, maybe go back to Cleveland ne- next off season, but you know, the, it's kind of been a rumor and, and, you know, he had the, some of the stuff, the, the comments at the all-star break. But aside from that, I, I just don't really see a, a clear suitor for him. That would make sense for both sides. So uh, I think most likely he's in LA long-term uh, extension or not. But I think he might not sign the extension just because of the potential leverage that it gives him. Yeah, it's funny, Yovan, and that's a perfect way of laying it out. I kind of root for him not to sign that extension. And let me kind of explain my thought process here. But if there's one thing Braun, I think, has done such a great job of, and it's not that this is the most uncommon thing in sports, but damn, when you're a player of that caliber and the pressure you put on an organization – and and I don't think he has a reason to think that the Lakers don't aren't trying to win. I don't think he has a reason. to. I, I feel like ever since he came to the Lakers, whether it's, hey, go give up every asset you have or do whatever you have to, just bring Anthony Davis over here, they get it done. Whether it's going to try to get some of these other veterans, they try to go get it done. Whether it's, hey, go make that trade for Russ, 
They go make it happen. I don't feel like the Lakers have disappointed LeBron James when it comes to if you come play for the Lakers and you give us that promise, know that we have the same interest as you do as trying to compete and try to potentially win a championship. And they obviously had uh, one successful run in doing that. But I, I think to kind of continue to hold that pressure, I don't know what's going to happen this offseason, but I, I think the front office, if if what's at stake potentially, even just potentially, is would Braun really not sign this extension unless we go make this trade and it costs us two first-rounders, like you said, with the Pacers or Brooklyn or whatever the case is? I just I, I I love when players have that leverage and take complete advantage of it. And who knows, maybe August fourth he signs that extension and all that is out the window. But I feel Braun has always done a really good job of doing that. Yeah, and, and, and to your point, I think the Lakers have for the most part done basically everything he's wanted and, and asked for. I, I think the one uh you know, maybe misstep was not re signing Alex Caruso. And, and that being a critical piece off of last season's team that, uh, you know, had he been retained and, and there was luxury tax implications with that. And, and it was, uh, you know, in, in some people's eyes, a, a cost-cutting measure by the Lakers that, um, you know, they, they didn't deem him at that value. And obviously he went to Chicago, had another good season, and I think showed he, he's worth the, the level of contract he got. But, um, yeah, I would say besides that and potentially this, depending on if the Lakers ultimately make a move or not, they've done, I mean, they got Anthony Davis, as you said, they, they've got Russell Westbrook. Uh, they, they've signed a bunch of clutch guys each off season. Like they, they've pretty much taken care of LeBron and, and, you know, done. Um, I think it's, it's been a fruitful partnership on, on both sides. So that's why ultimately I don't think LeBron is going to leave the Lakers. I think again, it's, it's more of a leverage thing. And, and we saw him do this in Cleveland, right? It was signing those, one plus ones and yep. kind of going season by season and holding their feet to the fire. Uh, he actually kind of departed from that in, in coming to the Lakers and, and signing a little bit uh, of a longer contract. But uh, so again, I, I think, you know, at, at this stage of his career, but, and then you also have the Bronny factor and him wanting to play with Bronny, him maybe favoring that flexibility of, you know, I don't want to lock in an additional two years unless we know for certain that Bronny is going to be on the Lakers, but you can't really know that for certain, uh, you know, unless he's like, an un, uh, maybe he doesn't get drafted and, and they sign him as an undrafted free agent. But, you know, who knows what will happen in the next couple of years of Bronny and his development. So I think that there's so many factors at play. But um, I think I think Le- LeBron's going to be a Laker for at least, you know, obviously next season, but but probably even the season beyond that. And then, you know, that next season, we'll, we'll see where he's at and uh, where Bronny's at and, and whatnot. But um, I, I wouldn't be too concerned, even if he doesn't sign the you know sign the extension. I still think it's just a leverage play. It's, it's optionality. It's, it's flexibility. But if he signs it, obviously great. And, and um, you know, I think it's a good sign for both sides. So I, I wouldn't, but I, I wouldn't worry either way. Kind of, you know, I think he's going to be in LA for at least a couple more seasons, and, and then kind of go from there. Yovan Buha covers the Lakers from the Athletic, uh, joining uh, Lakers talk here. Yovan, um, I know there's been. I don't know where you stand today, so I'm trying to kind of get your temperature on this. When the off season first started and you listened to Russ in, the, in that exit interview, part of me thought, okay, I really don't think Russ is coming back. And then Darvin Ham becomes a head coach, and you're at the presser, I'm at the presser, and so is Russ. And, well, hey, you know what, maybe maybe Russ is staying with the Lakers. It's kind of just been this back and forth. Where do, where do you stand today of how you feel that by the time training camp starts, preseason starts, that Russ is either on the roster or he's not. Where are you today on that? I think there's going to be uh, – I mean, I, I still think everything is tied up in the Kevin Durant situation. And it, it really and, – and that's – you know, you. Uh, I'm writing a, a mailbag right now for The Athletic. And, uh, you know, one of, my, one of my answers is, like, you, you talk to five different people on this net situation and you can get five different answers you know, people across the league. And it's just, there's so much differing intel and, and you see the national reporters and, and the local reporters reporting stuff and everybody has conflicting information. And it's just because there, there's so many, uh, I mean, you got all the, the players and their agents and all the front office people. And just, the, there's so many people in, involved right now in this situation that, um, you know, and everybody has an agenda and, and everybody is pushing a certain narrative and, uh, so I think there's a lot of conflicting information on 
the Nets stuff, the Lakers stuff, and, and whatnot. But I do know the big domino is Kevin Durant. And is Kevin Durant staying in Brooklyn? Uh, is he getting traded? And, you know, I, I think if he gets traded, it makes a lot of sense uh, as a follow-up move to quickly try to move Kyrie Irving and get, you know, maximize that asset, get as much value as you can. And then if Kevin Durant stays, I think it becomes, you know, is Kyrie someone that can reliably be a number two? And is KD still committed to him? Uh, because I, I think a lot of the stuff we've heard, um, you know, consistently really for, from all sides has been, you know, those two aren't necessarily operating uh, on the same page in terms of, you know, being a package deal the way that they used to be. So hmm. I think there's a chance maybe KD ends up staying in Brooklyn and they still trade Kyrie. But I, I think they want that clarity on what's happening with Kevin Durant. And, and I think once that is settled, you will see, you know, the, the subsequent move of, what's going to happen with Kyrie Irving after that. Uh, but at, with, with Russ, I think there's been so much, you know, to, to me kind of, you know, damage on both sides, uh, you know, with, with uh, and really probably more so on Russ's side. But, uh, you know, I just think, as you said, that the exit interview comments and um, him splitting with his agent and just the, the awkwardness of, you know, I was there at summer league sitting right behind, Le- you know, directly behind LeBron mm-hmm. and, I saw everybody coming up to him, shaking his hand, and, uh, you know, Rob Polinka, Darvin Ham, Kurt Rambis, all the players that were there. The one guy who didn't come up was Russell Westbrook. And, um, you know, I, I know they, they had that uh, phone call that weekend in Vegas with LeBron, Russ, and AD, but a few days later, Russ split with his agent, and his agent basically comes out and says, Russ doesn't want to be in L.A. and, and doesn't have any interest in accepting the role that they're offering him. So I think – you know, he, he signed with the new agent. We'll, we'll see if that kind of changes things at all. But um, I think ultimately that there's going to be a splitting, whether it's sending Russ home at some point or trading him somewhere else. Or uh, I would be surprised at a buyout, but that's always an option too. Uh, but I think, you know, I think we're going to see more pressure around training camp because if you're the Lakers, I don't think you can enter training camp with, with Russ on the roster and just that distraction you and I are going to be asking Darvin Ham and Russ and LeBron and everybody what's going on with Russ, mm-hmm. you know, what's the state of things. And like, that's just going to be such a distraction that I think, and yeah, I just, I just don't really see that being a feasible option. So to me, I think around training camp or entering training camp is when you're going to see that pressure of, okay, now we got to really try to move Russ. And if Kyrie and, and Katie isn't settled, let's pivot and, and, you know, continue to explore Indiana and, and Utah and, and San Antonio and New York and like these other options where, uh, you know, maybe we could flip him somewhere else. So uh, I don't know if that, I don't have a great answer for you, but I do think training camp is kind of the, the soft deadline where you're going to see some more pressure on the Lakers. Let's say we got the training camp, got the preseason and Russ is still there. You had set th- said something in one of your articles that the Lakers looking to start whichever wing guard can make threes and defend at the point of attack at the highest level on the roster. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know we're so far away from this, but I, I'm just curious to get your thoughts. You think you think a player like Russ may not have a choice on this. Coming off the bench is an option. You think that's something that he would – how he would take that. You think Darvin Ham um, – if he thought it was in the best interest of the team, hey, you know what, we we got to bring this guy off the bench. It's just not in our best interest to keep him in the starting lineup. How do you think something like that would shake out? And again, I know we're a ways away from this, and who knows if he's even on the roster, but do you think Russ would accept that type of a role? Yeah, well, so one thing I, I want to clarify what was on that piece of intel, um, that was in relation to the other backcourt spot. So in, in my story, I, I kind of laid it out where you know, from, from what I've been told, LeBron, AD, and Russ are, are kind of the three starting locks mm. to, to start the season if Russ is on the roster. And then it's it's the other two spots, four and five, that are, are going to have, you know, a, a bit of a training camp battle. But, um, Yovan, you know, why, why, why do you think, and I don't know if that's, I'm just out of care, why do you think he would be a lock? Because I, I thought there were even points last year where, I would say to myself, well, why don't you try him off the bench? If you're not having some success, maybe him and Braun not playing together will actually work to his benefit and to the team's benefit. Why, why does he have to be a lock? I think it's, it's a, it's a, a bit of an ego thing. It's a bit of a sensitivity thing. You know, I, I know that um, going back to last season, you know, that there had been discussion about bringing Ross off the bench and Frank Vogel was concerned that, 
you know, bringing him off the bench, Russ would, you know, he would lose Russ entirely mm-hmm. and Russ would just tune out. And, um, you know, I also have heard an anecdote about, you know, film sessions where, where when Russ would be called out, he would not be receptive to the criticism. And, you know, it was like, Hey, you missed this defensive rotation. This is very clearly like, you know, w- within our system, this is supposed to be your rotation. This is your fault. And Russ would not be open to, to that type of criticism and feedback. So I think, you know, it's kind of all the stuff we, we've talked about, uh, you know, uh, multiple times on here where the, the lack of self-awareness, mm-hmm. the, the sort of still viewing himself as that mega star that he was a few years ago. Um, I, I don't think that's changed. So I do think that if you, if you bring him off the bench to start the season, I, I do think you really run the risk of, of just losing him entirely, uh, which is part of why I think the best solution is, is probably just sending him home if you can't trade him. But from what I've also been told, uh, Darvin Ham should have more power with Russ in, in handling Russ than even Frank Vogel did last year. And obviously Frank kind of had to run some stuff by the front office and, and they had to have discussions about even benching Russ in the fourth quarter. So um, from what I've been told, if Russ is struggling and not buying in and, and not playing within the Lakers schemes on, on both ends, uh, there's the possibility of bringing him off the bench. There's the possibility of just benching him entirely and, and maybe sending him home, you know, at some point in the season, if he's not buying in. So I think, and that's where to me, like this, this can just get uglier and uglier sure. depending on how things play out where I just think for, if you're the Lakers, you need a clean slate going into training camp and that that's without Russ. And again, that could be in the form of a trade or in the form of just doing the John wall where you pay him and send him home and maybe try to trade him at the trade deadline. Uh, but I think just bringing this in with, with all the drama and all the attention, it's going to be the sideshow during the season. I just, I think it's better for both sides really. Cause I, I still think there's a good player in Russ. I just don't think that player can be unlocked in LA sure. with LeBron and AD. Sure. So I think he, he's better off in a, in a different situation. I think the Lakers are better off in a different situation. And I really just think that makes sense for both sides. Yo, Vaughn, appreciate it, buddy. Thank you for uh, doing this. Always uh, always enjoy having you on, man, and always enjoy talking Lakers basketball with you. Uh, appreciate you being a part of the show. Yes, sir. Talk to you soon. All right, that is Yovan Buha right there. Covers the Lakers for the Athletic. Fantastic, as always. When we come back, got my final thoughts. Uh, Anthony Davis supposedly working out like crazy right now, and there's a reason for it. Lakers got a new documentary coming up on Hulu. We'll get into all that coming up next day right here. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, thank you again to uh, Jovan Buha for joining the show. Uh, a couple things here, a couple final thoughts on uh, a few different topics I want to get into. First off, you guys see that trailer yet for this um, new Laker documentary? It's a 10-part documentary series chronic, um, which chronicles, obviously, the story of the Lakers inside and out. Dr. Jerry Buss, when he purchased the Lakers. Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers. Can't wait for it. Cannot wait for it, Laker fans. And it's funny because I was a – Big fan of winning time as well on Showtime. And I know that is a complete dramatization of um, the way things were and uh, Magic getting drafted, J- Dr. Jerry Buss owning the Lakers, Jerry West, blah, 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 the whole thing. It was incredibly entertaining. Don't get me wrong. But this is a, a true the, – the actual footage will be of Jeannie Buss, will be of LeBron, will be a Magic, will be a Kareem – so I think all that stuff's going to be interesting and uh, looking forward to it. I really am. Any time, and I've probably seen literally every documentary on the Lakers you could think of, uh, but this is going to be fantastic, and I'm sure as um, as 
the 10-part series is rolled out. It's going to be a regular conversation that we're having, maybe not like the last dance when we're sitting there and everyone was at home and uh, sports wasn't going on. This was in the middle of, obviously, the start of COVID. But I think this should be wildly entertaining, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, there was uh, there was a piece here from Mark Stein that I want to read. You guys remember back in – this was a couple months ago – when there's a video that comes out and it's Anthony Davis, he's on somebody's YouTube show and said that uh, his confession that he has not picked up a basketball, he hasn't shot a jumper since whenever he said it. Um, Mark Stein on one of his uh, recent articles on Substack, he said, and by the way, what I'm referring to, um, the backlash backlash that he got that he basically not not shooting a basketball. And Mark Stein said that, um, it seems to that comment seems to have motivated the four to put extra work in the gym. He said some potential good news for the Lakers and the soon to be extension eligible LeBron James, Anthony Davis, surprising disclosure in mid June that he hadn't shot a basketball since early April might've been a blessing in disguise. Davis, by all accounts has been working out with increased diligence ever since his comments generated a wave of strong criticism. So, couple things on this Laker fans. You know, when I when I see a comment like this, I remember when that all went down. It was not a good look for Anthony Davis. Whether you, you know, I, I saw people coming out saying, how can this guy not pick up a basketball? He's played less than, um, he's played over the last two seasons. He hasn't even played one regular season, one full season. So he's played about half the games in the last two seasons. And Anthony Davis so critical, critical to Lakers. How is he not in the gym day in and day out? I don't know the nuances of what happens in the offseason. I do know J.J. Redick uh, on ESPN had one point said, like, hey, no, this is normal. There's a certain amount of time that you take off. There's other stuff that you work on with your body but doesn't necessarily have to be with a basketball. And then eventually you get to a point where you start getting back into your training. Long story short, it still wasn't a good good look for Anthony Davis, especially with where the Lakers are and how he specifically has done over the last couple of seasons. I'm, I'm talking about the mere fact that he hasn't been available. That obviously has a lot to do with it. What do I think about this when Mark Stein puts out something saying that, oh, no, no, he's, he's putting in work, and he's up, and he's at the gym training twice a day, and he's starting it before 5 a.m. and everything else. I don't really think much of it, to be honest with you. I could sit here and start getting excited. I could say, oh, my gosh, Anthony Davis is going to take over the league next year. Kendrick Perkins picked him to be the MVP this upcoming year. I, I got my reservations. I, I think I, I take a step back on this one. And let's just see what happens. You know, I, I'm done making predictions about Anthony Davis. I'm done trying to hype him up or hype myself up or any of that stuff. I know the potential that he has. I know he helped the Lakers win an NBA championship. I know he's one of the most skilled players in the NBA, period. You don't have to say anything else. But all of that really doesn't matter until the season starts, and he's there for 70 games. So I'm not going to go into that hype machine. Uh, I know Mark Stein said this is good news for Laker fans. We'll see what happens. I like fans. That's all we got tonight. Greatly appreciate you guys being a part of the show. If you missed any part of the show, go back and uh, catch it on the ESPN LA app. Uh, thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo. Thank you to Mar Ruiz. LA, have a great rest of your night.